0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Funnel, an experience-driven commerce podcast. I'm Shannon Abel, Senior Media Marketing Specialist at Blue Acorn ICI and host. Today, we're going to be talking about preparing the customer experience and your infrastructure for peak traffic times. And today we have with us Adrian Luna from WebScale, Lindsay Murray from Blue Acorn ICI, and Rick Bazinski from Blue Acorn ICI. But before we hop in, um, do you guys mind giving a brief overview of your background? Adrian, do you want to start?
1: Sure, I can kick it off. My name is Adrian Luna. I'm the head of strategic partnerships here at WebScale. Uh, I've been in IT and infrastructure management for over 10 years now, specifically focused on the e-commerce space and happy to be here.
2: Happy to have you.
0: I'll jump in
2: next i um, Lindsay Murray, and I'm Vice President of Performance Marketing at Blue Acorn ICI. I've been in e-commerce and digital marketing for brands for about 14 years now, and really love working directly with brands and, and brand agencies to really e-commerceize uh, their marketing to drive e-commerce sales.
3: And uh, Rick Bozinski, I'm VP of Solution Architecture uh, at Blue Acorn ICI. I've been in the e-commerce space about as long as I can remember, probably goes back to around 2005, doing a variety of things. My my background is in engineering, so I've spent some time as a developer, uh, very much concerned with overall technical architecture and um, what it takes to bring e-commerce to the web at scale. It's good to be here.
0: Great. Glad to have you all on. Um, so now we have a lot to cover, so we'll just hop right in. But why do brands need to prepare their infrastructure for peak traffic times, and what happens if they don't?
1: At least the infrastructure-related component to it. I think one of, the, one of the, the largest drivers of clients, especially coming through our doors in my experience, have been those who are, are experiencing issues during high traffic events with scaling, um, security mitigation, things that can actually negatively impact a brand, revenue, and just overall uptime implications, which is key in in e-commerce, obviously. So I think readiness is is a huge portion of, you know, making sure that the brand and reputation and the ability to drive revenue through an online presence is, you know, is is constantly up and able to perform and, and to accommodate the demand of all the hard work that marketing teams and and the demand generation teams are putting together in order to drive traffic so it's uh, obviously it's a huge component of of just maintaining an overall brand value absolutely
0: there's nothing more frustrating from a customer's perspective than trying to check out and you can't because the platform is just way too overloaded
1: yeah absolutely and and the the thing i like about it, especially the group that we have here is you know, when we, that, that question obviously you know, opens up several different topics, but at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot to manage. So even when using the word infrastructure during peak times that can reference the application infrastructure and the software and, and platforms that are put in place in order to be the foundation of of a digital presence. And then there's also, you know, the cloud infrastructure and the development operations and security operations that goes along with, with managing that as well. So um, just looking at at the the folks on the panel here that are in the podcast, I think is is important to understand that there's a lot of orchestration going on in the background, and it's important to have really solid and experienced teams that can come together to to manage that as one cohesive unit.
2: That's a great point, Adrian. From a marketing perspective. The last thing that we really want to be worrying about is those last minute sales or emails that we're sending out or additional traffic that we're getting from an influencer or something like that. We need to make sure that we're always ready and uh, not having to prepare for some timely traffic increases.
3: Yeah, and I would also say it's almost table stakes in 2022 now. And, And what I mean by that is the, the obvious part is that it's it's revenue opportunity lost if your infrastructure is not prepared to handle peak loads. Um, but I also think that we are at a state in terms of technology that's available to merchants uh, where with a few simple steps that are really baked into your standard operating procedure as an organization and, and in particular for those that are more digitally savvy or digitally native, if you will. These are the kinds of things that really should be top of mind all the time. And so we should never lose sight of infrastructure and in particular, our digital presence and ability to handle at scale in the same way that we would regard things like retail operations. They go hand in hand and many times one impacts the other.
0: And like Adrian mentioned, it takes a lot of different functions to make sure the infrastructure is ready for peak traffic times. So from an operational perspective, what are some of the ways brands can prepare their sites for busy traffic periods?
3: So when we look at uh, preparing for busy traffic periods, I think it's important to emphasize again that these should be steady state operations. So we're talking about how to prepare for peak traffic, but really these are things that can be implemented well ahead of actually encountering those situations and can become a part of your standard operations uh, day to day. So things that you can do um, that will cover you across all ends of that spectrum um, are making sure that you have things like pre-calculated or historical behavior on load Now, in the case of e-commerce, that can typically be measured with a number of tools. There's various analytics tools that can provide that kind of data, at least at a high level. And what that can do is give you um, an expectation for the type of scale or volume that you'll be encountering and adjust your infrastructure accordingly. Now, when it comes to operations, there are different ways that you can apply the same um, approach to analysis to account for things. So for example, operationally, you may know that uh, due to, let's just say it's a a holiday traffic peak or maybe a marketing campaign that went out, you know that historically you would see a burst of 25% increase on traffic over a short period of time. You can project from that or extract from that the order volume that's going to be passed through your fulfillment chain and thus give you a sense of your staffing needs. And it's really important for merchants to be thinking about how do we achieve that scale? There's a number of ways to do that. For example, one of the services that we offer as a part of full services um, operations is an ability to supplement or or even offload some aspects of your uh, fulfillment chain. And so leveraging other partners, for example, to provide for things like staff augmentation, to keep you afloat, if you will, uh, when you know that you have a heavier operational load than what you're equipped to handle, those are some of the things that you want to be thinking about. If you don't have that data, there's a number of things that you can do to get it. For example, there's some simple load testing procedures that can be done to give you a sense of what your applications end-to-end are equipped to handle. Uh, You can also conduct traffic studies yourself. I mean, if you're not currently tracking traffic flow through your site, there's a number of ways to extract it. Of course, as I mentioned, things like Google Analytics will give you the most basic view, but it also goes a lot deeper than that as well. And I know that, for example, some of the services that WebScale may provide um, would include things like much more deeper insight on uh, traffic flow transaction time spent, you know, where are the slow points and, and how does that factor into making sure that you're prepared operationally to handle all aspects of that transaction from the entry point on the e-commerce channel, all the way to the packaging and shipping out the door.
1: Yeah. Great, great, great points there. I mean, honestly, um, great lead in on, on the load testing portion of things. I mean, that's, that's a huge component. Everybody always thinks of, getting back to the original term that we used in the first question, which was infrastructure, you you almost think of the old form of stacking and racking you know basic servers and making sure they're plugged in and online. and but nowadays, I mean devops and and security operations and the testing of both the application and the infrastructure goes much deeper. I think it even goes into and starts to blend with some of the customer experience work that your team does and how we take not just basic traffic statistics, which Google Analytics does a tremendous job providing, but digging into the traffic and also understanding uh, the the uniqueness of a storefront's user behavior. So are your users operating in an anonymous fashion? Are they logged in users in let's say a B2B portal? Are they engaging and adding to cart? And what is that experience like when they, when they go from an anonymous user to the site to then logging in, adding to cart and processing that all the way through. So it's not so much just analyzing the flow of traffic and the percentage of increase in traffic, but it's at the same time, really taking a look at how that user behavior is affecting performance at different layers and different levels of the application to ensure that again, all of the great work that's being done on the, the customer experience side for those who, who designed the, the experience for the users coming in and the flow of a customer from, you know, first engaging with a brand to, to adding to cart and eventually checking out. Um, and then the fulfillment of that, making sure that there's, you know, an even flow and, and an equal performance throughout each of those stages. So yeah, that's the load testing is a huge component of, you know, how to stay ready. I think the other, the other portion of it too, which you touched on earlier, which is you know, the, the chosen platforms and software and applications that are used to create this environment. I mean, environments now have become much more complex. It's no longer a single application or a single platform handling all of these things. There's multiple endpoints. There's now the decoupling of the front end and the back end, where a lot of the front end components that is more customer facing is starting to separate itself from the back end product catalogs and things like that. So, Again, it's just managing that traffic and understanding user behavior, whether they're on mobile, whether they're on desktop, whether they're engaging via social or connected devices or kiosks, uh, there's a lot that goes into just understanding how users are interacting and what needs to be done to be able to prepare for high performance at a watermark of traffic and that same traffic going times two, times five, or times 10 at any given point whether it's influencer-based or something that's predictable marketing-based.
0: Is load test something a company should do fairly regularly?
1: Absolutely. Really good question. A lot of people think of load testing as something that needs to be done ahead of seasonal events or, you know, predicted spikes. But yeah, an, an ongoing load testing process is, is really key to maintaining that performance throughout the year and even getting into, Uh, We haven't talked about this much yet, but even real user monitoring to understand how core web vitals are affected and some of the key components to how Google even scores a site or a storefront and how it looks at the customer experience and starts to gauge and and score a storefront to be able to provide search engine ranking. Um, A lot of that was changed significantly back this past June and July, And from what we're seeing, you know, over 75%, at least at last glance, um, over 75% of the storefronts that are out there haven't yet adopted some of the key components that need to be looked at in order to maintain solid core web vitals and and solid scores. So I think managing that and and monitoring throughout the year through load testing and that uh, real user monitoring, I think is key to just making sure that that the work that the CX team is doing is actually being realized in in re- revenue.
0: And Lindsay, from a marketing perspective, how are how are you, and how are, do you see brands um, prepare their campaigns for these peak traffic times?
2: So we're definitely seeing people prepare a lot sooner for the key traffic times, and using a lot of the data and insights that they've gained from um, other times of the year to really inform and also kind of accelerate the the actual messaging and promotions and approach that they're using to make sure that they're getting the best conversion rate and the best engagement when they're seeing the most people on the site. I can imagine
0: that companies gain an extreme amount of data during these peak traffic period, so once the peak traffic period is over, how can they leverage this data to improve both their infrastructure and the customer experience moving forward?
2: So one thing uh, from a marketing perspective, yes, you're totally right, Shannon. Um, We're gaining tons and tons of data and insights, making sure that all of the data that we are gaining is actionable, everything is tracking accurately, that's really what's going to help us to determine, you know, providing the right message at the right time to customers um, to get them to convert in the best way and to continue the engagement with them.
1: I think we're talking about the impact of of how do you use that data and just understand it's it's a, a post mortem, if you will, right? And a lot of times these the data that you're gathering back and you're kind of looking back at your performance, you can really equate the page load times and the amount of improvement you can make by the second into you know, how much revenue you're able to actually produce out of that. I think in some of the statistics that we were looking at, um, even a, a one second delay in something like a page load time leads to at minimum an, a 10 or 11% and fewer page views which then leads to about a 16% decrease in customer satisfaction. And then ultimately that calculation usually comes out to anywhere between, you know, six to 8% loss in in conversion rates, right? And Lindsay, I think that feeds right into performance marketing where you can then turn that back around and have some actionable items to say, hey, although we had, you know, an amazing performance and, you know, some record-breaking sales during this holiday peak time, there is some opportunity for improvement. And if we can fine tune performance at multiple layers, we can have a significant return on investment on the work that it takes during those off seasons. So even though an off season may be called, you know, an off season or after peak season, it's, it's very much time to look back to evaluate and to make sure that we're putting things in place to take even what may have been a record breaking season into something that you can have even more increase next year.
2: Absolutely. And a lot of the, the tracking and learnings that we're getting during peak season are really going to formulate and help us to do even better in the following year. So things like um, helping to drive our loyal customers that we know shopped during a peak period. Um, we may want to allow them to shop again, the next year, a little bit earlier. So maybe that's one way to reward them. So having all of that tracking in place and understanding how frequently they purchase, when they purchase really allows us to speak to them on a peer-to-peer level, but also to understand and sometimes intercept when we feel that They may not be purchasing at the frequency they usually do, or, hey, this is a time of year they typically purchase. Let's make sure that we're communicating to them so that they know and we're top of mind. And then one other item that I was just thinking about, uh, obviously, we want that speed and the overall performance to be super pristine around this time. But one example of uh, something that from a marketing perspective, we always have on As you mentioned, Adrian, if page load time is a little bit slower, people are maybe not going all the way through checkout. They're a little frustrated. We always have different retargeting or remarketing aspects in place. So making sure that we have browse abandonment, cart abandonment, either from an email, SMS, or even sometimes through dynamic product ads, um, either within social networks or Google, so those are some ways to, if we do happen to miss the mark um, on performance and see a little bit of a drop in that overall conversion rate to try to keep those customers in the funnel and bring them back in so that we're not losing them.
3: I really love how you characterize that, Lindsay, because you know, one of the things that we realize as we're talking through this is that there is a bit of a, um, a chain reaction to the usefulness of the data in that you know, if you don't get the basics right, so for example, uptime on your site during a peak traffic period, if you have frustrated customers, it sometimes negates all of the effort that went into some of the marketing campaign efforts to drive that traffic there in the first place. And so you may come away with what I would call like tainted or an inaccurate totally. or incomplete picture of how effective that campaign was. What you've just demonstrated is I I think a really practical way to deal with in the postmortem, a, a way to take something negative and make it a positive, where you know you might recognize that yes, you had slow page load times. And because of the instrumentation that you had in place, thankfully you were able to see that and you can have a, a plan to remediate and improve for the future. But in the meantime, you also can extract from that data a specially crafted message to go back and retarget those opportunities that you may have lost to try to make good on that. And I think it all comes back to something that Adrian implied at the beginning, which is your reputation as a, as a merchant is at stake with this. You know, it's uh, the closest personal interaction that you have in a digital sense is how reliable you are and how relevant your content and your messaging is. And if you fail on any one of those points, Uh, You may leave a bad taste in the mouth of the consumer that, you know, really isn't a part of your your vision or what you represent as a brand, and yet that's what they walked away feeling. So we need some way to feel that kind of frustration and friction and engage with a customer through a conversation. And that just may be a non-traditional means, such as what you're describing here, a certain retargeting effort.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think what that does too is, is again, it highlights, you know, the the team that's surrounding and and orchestrating all of this. So between marketing, between development operations, between infrastructure management and automation and monitoring and all of that that's going on, I think we're able to to paint that picture to be able to to trace back where a problem may appear in the data and, and be able to trace that back to You know, at what point could it have been resolved and and how could we provide an overall better customer experience, which then equates to just a better overall brand experience, which at the end of the day was the very beginning of the reason why, you know, these customers that we hold so high in regards come in through our doors and are expecting that we're going to operate with really their brand in mind and making sure that at the end of the day, the the reputation and the ability for them to present themselves in a positive light online is, is just constantly kept top of mind. So yeah, there's, there's just so much that goes on in the background and so many teams working just in a cross-functional way, even across partnerships at times. And honestly, I mean, that's, that's what makes, you know, not to deviate from this, but that's what makes, you know, my position as, you know, heading up partnerships so enjoyable is that I get to work with people who really have the same interests in mine. And and again, at the end of it all, just making sure that we keep these clients' storefront healthy online and, and with a positive reputation.
0: That concludes part one of our episode about preparing your website infrastructure and customer experience for peak traffic times. In part two, Lindsay, Adrian, and Rick will dive into enhancing the customer experience during busy seasons, and what you can do in the next 30 days to start preparing your infrastructure for those peak traffic times. In the meantime, feel free to visit blueacornici.com or WebSale.com for more information. Until next time!